Hi, it's Watercolor with Wendy, and today I would like to talk about developing your own practice of art making uh, guided by four elements. Now, some people will say, oh, I'm not progressing in my, my art making because I'm not practicing enough. Well, yeah, it's true that um, the more you draw or the more you mix colors, the more experience you have and ability to move forward. But if you're practicing in a way that is not moving you forward, sort of copying the same thing you did over and over and just kind of producing art, then you will probably eventually stop. And most people do, unfortunately. So I want to talk about four contributing activities that help you make art part of your life. So one of them is the most important we always talk about in my class, and that's developing your artist eye. What does that mean? You're learning to look at the world, the physical world, everything around you, the colors, the shapes, the, the movement, and so on, in a deeper way, and looking at it apart from our normal way of thinking of the world, such as I'm driving down the road and the light turns red. I must stop or die. So a lot of things in life are like that. We have to interpret the world in order to, to stay alive, make money, keep our kids safe, and so on. So we have to start thinking of it. And you could compare it to how a, a young child might see the world who do, does not attach a meaning of that kind to everything around them. Of course, we're teaching them constantly to stop at red lights and look both ways before you start uh, across the street, and you know you must get to school on time, and so on. But um, we're, we're trying to reactivate that part of our mind for expanding a part of ourselves that has been lost by most people, and that is a seems like extraneous, but actually enhances the rest of our life. So looking at the world through artist eyes can mean a number of different things, but it can become a practice that you can do uh, whenever, you can, whenever you want. And so if you're not painting, but you're looking at the world and, look, and uh, deciphering how one color sits against another on a tree, let's say, or um, how certain colors are jarring together or um, just probably the most um, common way would be to use your camera, your iPhone camera if you have one, and looking for interesting ways to put elements together. And as long as you're not just taking a snapshot of your friends, but actually looking at the way colors and things put together. There's always a little element of that when you're taking a photo, even if it's your picture of your dinner to put on Facebook. You're looking at the way the colors and everything look and then deciding this one looks more beautiful than another or more harmonious and post that particular one. Or perhaps you're playing around with the filters and the, the adjustments you can make to a photo before you post it. I know that's very popular now and especially think uh, Instagram. Um, so that's, an, that's looking at the world more through your artist eyes. It's lots of fun and it is purposeless in a sense. It's not for a particular reason like, oh, I'm, now I'm going to paint the sunset because I'm looking at it. You, you, you might think about that, but you might look at the sky at the clouds and, and just notice the edges or the colors and so on. And that's just um, making you more able to see the world and that will end up in your artwork. That's number one. So that is 
You can even do this, by the way, lying in bed and staring at the ceiling. You can start to notice that if your ceiling is painted white, perhaps you can start looking for all the different colors in the white ceiling because of the light and the way it's reflecting and corners and colors. And you could do that for hours, and that's pretty easy to do, pretty lazy activity, but it's very, very uh, helpful to developing your artist eye. Number two is looking at art. So going to museums, observing, not just with your friend to, to pass the time and have a nice day in the city, but rather um, really looking at the art. I never really go to museums with friends, or if I do, I, I don't really look at the paintings. It's more of a social event. But if you are by yourself and you can take as long as you want looking at a particular painting, not just dashing through to say, oh, I saw the Van Gogh exhibit. It was so beautiful. It, it, it's not a, it's more for your own edification. And you look at a great work of art for um, 20 minutes or so, at looking at a Monet painting, sit in one of those benches and you'll start to see things. And what is going on? What, what is really happening? Why is it worth millions of dollars? And this is particularly interesting if you're looking at art that you don't think you understand very well. But if you do it, you will find a whole new experience looking at abstract or minimalist art, for example. So that's number two. And then number three is preparing for making art. So that would include making sure you have all the right materials, having the right lighting, a space to work, um, hopefully a place that has the right uh, northern lighting is good and that is a, uh, for watercolor because I teach watercolor that is already set up and you can work on it anytime you feel like it instead of setting aside two hours a day or a week which doesn't work very well because you're not always in the mood and, you, and then you start to resent the time spent because your mind is saying practice 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 I need to practice to get better well it's true in a way but not not if you're not um, into it, because that'll, that'll just make you hate it more. Because, oh, I'm not doing it right. Oh, this is terrible. All that negative thought will come into your brain. But um, if you set it up, then, you, then you'll be able to work on it when you feel like it. And how will you want to work on it? Well, as you progress and you learn your, your skills and so on, and you eventually want to make some paintings, then you want to have material ready. You want to have ideas. And that could take months to come up with a concept for even an individual painting or a series of paintings. And so you just wait until you have something sparks in your mind, such as, wow, I really, I really want to do this, uh, a series of paintings about this beautiful area that I live in and all the way the light changes. That's kind of like the impressionists would study the lighting in the same scene. The haystacks, for example, were just many different lighting situations and it fascinated Monet. So then you'll, you'll have some ideas and then you'll start to collect material. And that's often photographs. You might work on the photographs to make them better compositions. And so you have a lot of spark or in inspiration when you sit down. At least for me, I like to have a lot of choices. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I have some time to paint. I kind of feel like painting. And I'm just looking through my material. And even if I spend an hour and a half just doing that, it's just as valuable as picking up the brush. So the reason we talk about this in my class 
and with my friends and artists is what is that there's a misconception that it only counts if you're actually sitting at the table picking up a brush and producing a square inch of painting it's not like that it doesn't work very well that way because if you're thinking i need to finish this much in one hour then you've lost all the all the joy of painting so those are four elements of it helps if you see these different elements you can progress pretty well on your own without a lot of influx from a teacher or a guide and of course it's always nice to have some help but if you don't then you can progress very well this way so that's all for today bye